You're listening to Profit Without Worry, episode number 117. Today, we're talking all about capturing more customers through strategic PR and content marketing. Hey there, I'm Michelle Evans, and this is the show where coaches, experts, and business owners like us get real about what it takes to create a profitable online business. I can tell you from experience that nonstop hustle, plus random acts of marketing do not equal success. So how do we attract a steady flow of clients and sales without all the hustle? This is the Profit Without Worry podcast. Well, hello there and welcome back to another great week. I've got a very special guest here on the show today. And we are talking all about strategic PR, which is not easy to say, and content marketing. I want you to meet my friend, Lauren Thornson. She's the founder of Edit Your Brand, which is a boutique public relations and content marketing agency that specializes in defining and promoting their clients' unique brand stories. Now, Lauren has been at this game for a long time time. In fact, Lauren honed her public relations skills for more than 15 years, overseeing strategy and execution for her clients in business-to-business verticals such as legal, tech, transportation, ag tech, and consumer-facing things like Um, health and wellness, food and beverage, grocery, women and and men's apparel, and gift brands. So Lauren's done PR for lots of different kinds of companies. She's incredibly passionate about building brands. And she founded Edit Your Brand with a mission to help small and mid-sized businesses capture more customers through strategic PR and content marketing efforts. When Lauren and I first met, Around eight months ago, it was when one of her clients who she'd been working on PR with was looking for a way to increase conversions for his service offering. So Lauren was getting great PR coverage for this client. But what was happening was people were coming to this client's website and then not converting. And the client was like, all right, what is happening here? So Lauren began the process of doing a deep dive into the client's sales workflow to understand how this client was working to convert people visiting the website and what the current sales and marketing strategy was. And what she discovered was that there was no sales or marketing funnel in place. And that's when she reached out to me. And it really is a great example in why there's no silver bullet in, you know, magically growing your business. And, you know, I hear people talk a lot about, oh, if only I could get more PR coverage or, oh, if I could only, you know, get covered by this TV show or this magazine or this news outlet or this blog or this influencer or whatever, then I'd have it made. But, Honestly, this um, client that Lauren covered, I mean, she got this this client into some big, big names that you know, and that resulted in a lot of traffic, but no sales. And so I just, I want you to um, listen to this conversation, and we're really careful about protecting this client's privacy because 
Um, we wanted to talk about the learnings from it, not to out, you know, the specific client, um, even though the client probably would have been fine with us um, saying who it was. We wanted to talk about the learnings because I don't, I want to dispel any myth that PR is the magic bullet to grow your business, that a marketing funnel is the magic bullet to grow your business. In fact, it's something totally different. Um, and then all these things can start working together, but Lauren and I are really going to dive into it today. And it's a really fun conversation and it was a really fun journey to go on with Lauren. And I'm so glad that we got to do this together. So without any further ado, let's dive into the interview. Hey, Lauren, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, Michelle, thanks for having me. So, you know, I did your intro already, but I would love if you could just give everybody a little bit of a background on how we came to work together, because we didn't know each other before we started working together, right? Right, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I know. What was it, six, eight months ago that we started working together? So I think how it happened, if I remember correctly, I was working with a client who brought me in to do public relations. and. After a number of months of securing some amazing coverage for the client and kind of are doing our core service of PR and rocking along and um, working with, you know, Forbes and Business Insider and some of these fun outlets, we started hearing from the client that, you know, he, he wasn't seeing the activity as far as customer signups as he would have liked. So we started digging a little deeper and asking, you know, how are you, um, you know, converting people that are coming to your website and what is your sales and marketing strategy? And basically we kind of dug in and realized that there wasn't a sales and marketing funnel in place. Right. And that's where you <laughs> came into the picture. <laughs> that's where you came into the picture and we worked together. Um, yeah. And so I think we just wanted to talk a little bit about this today because it's a problem that is very common um, for businesses to kind of skip over this marketing foundation work and kind of go to the sexy, you know, paid ads arm of marketing or public relations. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to underscore this because I have talked to so many people who feel like, like PR is this magic silver bullet you know, if only I could get into Forbes, then I would have it made. Totally. And you got this client into Forbes more than once. Multiple articles, uh-huh. contributed content and Forbes. And this is, this is the big myth of public relations. And it's also the industry and just, um, if you think about media in general, this is kind of, this myth has continued 10, 15, 20 years ago, working with media outlets did get you a little bit more reach. But today, um, with this digital realm that we all live in, the increased competition, the, um, um, you know, just in general, consumers sort of lack of trust with ads or media outlets. So it's kind of lessened the power of getting a media hit. Um, and it's kind of this big myth in general. When clients work with a PR agency, they just think, they think that PR is going to take the place of sales. 
essentially. It's going to take the place of any sort of sales strategy or sales effort. Um, and the truth is that PR is not intended to work in a silo. It is intended and is the best, you know, you get the best ROI for your investment when you're doing public relations or media relations alongside all of your other marketing tactics. Yeah, alongside sure. sales. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and when I, whenever I think about PR, cause this is not an area of my specialty at all. I know how difficult and how specialized PR is. And it's why I resist like taking an online course on PR because really to do this well, it's not just pitching yourself to media. It's right. having the holistic view on how PR fits into your company um, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I worked with some amazing PR professionals. You, I worked with people when I was at Microsoft. I worked with people, you know, in previous um, corporate jobs as well. Yeah. And I always saw PR as sort of two main things. Number one, it could drive a lot of curiosity. Like, you know, people might read an article and be like, huh, I wonder what they're all about, right? So it could drive yes. that curiosity and sort of open the door or at least make it possible to have a conversation with somebody. So that's one way yes. I always saw PR. The other way is to really establish credibility. Now, credibility for sales, for marketing, these are, and, and you know, if you're ever worried about having an IPO or having a public company, credibility is critical. Like yeah, it's major. Seen mm -hmm. as a thought leader, as somebody who's you know worth checking out. But neither one of those things on their own is going to drive people to run to your site and open their wallet and throw money at you. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you've got to think beyond the the media hit. You have to think beyond. Okay, everyone is going to read this article that we're landing in Business Insider, and they're going to hear about our brand. But what next? Yeah. What are they going to do next? Are they going to be inspired to come to our website? And if so, what are they going to see there that's really going to draw them in? That's going to answer their need. Um, that's going to encourage word of mouth. Why would they refer us to their friends and other business owners? So you kind of have to think about it as part of the the whole sales and marketing strategy. Um, and you're absolutely right. I mean, it's just not, it's, it's a, it's a great tool for brand awareness and credibility, thought leadership. It's also a great tool for telling a brand story and telling unique stories in a way that's really difficult to do through, um, advertising sometimes for sure. kind of telling the human side of the business or how you are different within your industry or, um, you know, things of that kind of are the personality behind the brand, but yeah, it, it's definitely part of a bigger strategy that a lot of people tend to gloss right over. And as you mentioned, there's definitely some, some DIY PR tool uh, courses and opportunities on the market out there, but I would say they're very specific to just media relations and how to pitch yourself. Let's say you're, you're an expert or, you know, a solopreneur, um, and you want to pitch yourself to the media, there's some great tools out there, but as a 20-year veteran of public relations, I can tell you, you really need to be careful about this because if you're not thinking about why you're pitching yourself in a certain, you know, to a certain media outlet or what you're pitching or what your story is and how you're going to back that up with your sales and marketing strategy, you can end up damaging your reputation and it's just kind of failure to launch in general. So 
Yeah, and close the door to opportunities. Exactly. So when you came to me, um, you and I had a couple conversations before I even had a conversation with your client, right? Because we were going to team up and work together on this. And I was trying to get a better understanding of, okay, what's been done? Because you had worked with some other um, advertising people, but they were more focused just on getting paid ads out there versus sort of the holistic how what does the audience journey look like? Right. <laughs> is the audience, how do paid ads fit into this? And paid ads in this specific case were Facebook ads, right? Yes. So you guys yes. had been doing Facebook ads and this is something that I see a lot. So the previous ad people had done these ads where it was like, you know, the ad was all about book a call. And right. I know a lot of service people think, oh, I just need to get somebody on the phone with me and then they'll be good. The problem is, Lauren, you and I and everyone listening to this, we know that that's not a free call. No. <laughs> we know no. that it's a sales opportunity. And when somebody, if they read an article in Forbes and they came to the site, they're not ready. I mean, okay. Maybe one in a thousand people might be ready, but for the most part, they're not ready to have a face-to-face -face conversation with you. That's too close. Right. They're not ready yet. And I think that's a really good point um, to make. And I think I read a stat somewhere. I'm trying to remember where it was that said, and I'm sure we've all heard something similar where nowadays, whether it's B2B or B2C consumers and, you know, prospects are vetting services and products like 80% yep. before I, I'm forgetting the exact statistic, but it's like they are going to kind of have done their due diligence before ever getting on a sales call with you. So if there's not that additional strategy behind what is the blog content, what is the social media content that they're going to see at a glance, um, what is the lead magnet maybe that's offered on the homepage? What if they, if they aren't ready for a sales call, but they opt in, what's the email sequence? So if all of that content isn't answering their questions and what they need and speaking to that prospect, then you're never going to get that sales call. And so I think what we found in, in working together was that we didn't have a lot of that target audience information. Um, and yes, I was working initially, I was working with some um, Facebook ads experts who they were experts in Facebook ads, but I was realizing that they were, they were only able to pull the levers behind Facebook, you know, ads manager, the targeting to test, to find out what was resonating. And it was just kind of like, well, we, we just kept asking, well, like, who is our customer? And what do we know about our customer? What type of business owner are they? And we just realized there was just too many question marks there to feel confident about this, this, you know, the direction that some of these ad experts were leading us down. Um, and that's kind of where you came in and we focused all of a sudden it was like, let's examine all these questions around who is our target audience and let's really understand them because that was the foundation that we needed to then build on. Yeah. And just to be fair, we're not naming the client because we want to keep some of that confidentiality, but this client has a very successful business offline. 
and yeah. is trying to move it to the online space with a new um, kind of software as a service stuff to, right. to kind of automate some of the stuff that this client does in day-to-day -day stuff. And, um, and, and the, the, the client knows their audience for their normal business, right? The one that right. has grown so well. And it didn't really translate to the online space. Yes. And which is a great sort of case study on building a local business versus building a digital business and building an online business, you know, being able to refer or have customers refer your services to their friends and family and whatnot in a community um, was, is, is one way to grow. But then all of a sudden when you're purely establishing a business online and growing online, it's a whole different strategy and it, yeah. and it requires a lot of information that we're finding, you know, businesses just, just kind of don't realize they need to know or don't realize how long it could take to get to know and research and test those, those audiences. Yeah. Cause I know for you, as we started diving into the test, you're like, what? <laughs> this yeah. is a lot of testing. <laughs> um, and I really wanted to have this conversation with you because, um, I think that going from zero to let's say $50,000 of a digital business, I think that is the hardest time in business because Definitely. you have to figure everything out, right? Yes. You have to get out there and you have to figure this out. You have to figure out who are you even talking to and, and what are you talking about and how are you doing this? And it can sometimes feel like, cause I remember from my own business, it felt like I couldn't do anything because I didn't have any answers. It was like this catch 22 where I was like, I don't know who to talk to. And I don't know what to talk about because I don't know who to talk to. Yes. And so, uh, you know, as you and I started going through this, um, I wanted to test what the previous ad people had done first. So we kept the same audience, but tested a lead magnet and it flopped. And I was like, all right, so this gives us some really good information. <laughs> So now yeah. we need to do the re like you and I need to roll up our sleeves and we need to figure this out. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, what we did to figure this out? Yes. So a lot of uh, online research, a lot of recon as I call it. Um, and you had, you know, that amazing spreadsheet that is sort of, cause I do think it's, uh, so it's twofold. It's one, you, you need to understand who your customers are and your audience, but for startups or for, you know, younger businesses, they may say, well, I don't have a big enough customer base to study. So what am I supposed to do? So then you start looking at competitors and there's all kinds of tools and ways you can research those competitors online to figure out how are they conducting their ad campaigns? What, uh, stories are they pitching to the media through their PR efforts? What does their social content look like? What pain points are they focused on? Um, where is their traffic coming from? Where's their traffic coming from? What yeah. keywords are they focused on? You know, you can using tools like, um, I think we've all heard of Moz and I've never know how to pronounce SEMrush and Arifs, but, um, going into online forums, I think we, 
And then we would search certain keywords in Facebook groups even and kind of understand like what's the voice of customer? What are they always complaining about? What do they love about, you know, a, a competitor's service that's similar to what we're trying to promote? Um, and we spent, I would say, a good two to three weeks just kind of researching and kind of trying to put into buckets who these different customers were, what types of businesses they owned, why they wanted to hire out the service, what they were looking for. What kind you know, of problems they had, yeah. What kind of problems? Were they focused on cost? Were they focused on service? Were they focused on um, just automating it and never having to think about it? Or did they want a human touch? Like there was just so many nuances, you know, and, and that research was, was it, it, that's the type of research that, I think founders and business owners should be doing, you know, consistently in the first few months of their business um, that we're seeing is kind of just getting people make, it's easy to make assumptions and, and people will just kind of skip over it. And they think it's, and if you make those assumptions and you go down that path thinking this is my customer avatar and you're wrong, it's so much time and energy and momentum that you lose. So it's so important to do this research up front and to kind of be very close to your customers and understand that audience. Um, I think it should be a constant conversation. Well, and, and that's the thing. So just on an aside, this is not just for entrepreneurs. Like when I was at Microsoft, they launched a phone. I don't know if you remember this. It was called the Kin. It, there was an entire division of Microsoft devoted to this. Okay. And it launched and it tanked. Oh, no. Um, and I don't remember it, so it must have. <laughs> yeah, and it, it tanked fast. And part yeah. of it was that they, they, I mean, they had millions of dollars to do stuff, but they didn't get close enough to the actual customer, there were some other things too, but in the bottom line was they didn't know who their customer was. Right. And so it can happen even to the biggest oh, companies. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and so for us, you know, we went through and we separated out kind of by problem or wish list or desire or like, I'm overwhelmed by this, or I really wish that this was just a, I could hand it off to somebody or whatever. And then we started taking a look at different personas. So do we have, and, and we had to break it out in our um, research kind of by business type. So we ended up breaking yeah. it out by professional services, beauty services, e-commerce, and then just general business owners. So we have, and the general one was basically the test against who we had already been advertising to. Right. Um, and so we wanted to see if we targeted more specifically to professional services, beauty services, or e-commerce, would we get better results? And we did. Um, we found one that was a clear winner. Yes. Yeah. And even we were surprised. I think we both yeah. had assumptions as to who our avatar was, who our sort of perfect customer was, what type of business she had. And we were surprised by the testing and what it revealed. 
So and that's why testing is so important is because it can't like a lot of times when people get on the phone with me, especially as we're first starting to work together, they're like, well, can't you just tell me you've done so many of these? I'm like, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I promise you testing is worth it. It is worth it to slow down because it will speed you up down the road. And doing this testing and really figuring out which one responds best, which one is engaged in the conversation, it'll take you so much further than just jumping in and doing stuff. Yes. And it's hard to, I know it's always hard because, you know, people are anxious to gain momentum and get their strategies put in place and start executing. But you're exactly right. It can, it can it can slow you down more than you know if you're if you're wrong and if your assumptions are off. Um, it's almost like you have to start back at square one because yeah. what happens is you have this avatar and then you create everything and message everything that's targeted to this audience. And if that audience changes, well, all all of a sudden your blog content topics or your social content it just it's just like a ripple effect and everything kind of has to be readdressed. And it's just best to kind of, it's best to, I just think, keep this, just have an overall philosophy of knowing your customer and staying close to your customer through, even for, um, I would say like early stage companies that are experiencing growth, you know, because it's, it's not just, it's not just at proof of concept and at the, you know, startup phase, it's, at year five, when a company is has just 10x their revenue and they're doing amazing, they're surpassing all their goals, and they've got to decide what's the next service they're offering or what's the next product they're rolling out. Well, if they don't know their customers, they're going to be like Microsoft rolling out a phone that bombs and you know wastes millions and you know budget. So. It's just important, I think, to have an overall philosophy to understand how to research your customer, test your customer, um, and stay very close with your, um, with your, yeah, with your target audience. Yeah, for sure. And that's what we did. And I remember, because at this time you were like, all right, so now we're going to test some lead magnets. I think, I can't remember, did we test two or three? I can't remember. I think it was two... I know. I remember the first one was like, no, it was not, three. Cause there was the one that bombed. Remember? Yes. Okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a clear loser. <laughs> we had a clear loser. Did not feel good. Yeah. And I remember at that time you were like, well, Michelle, we can't put this out without lots of emails. I was like, we only need one or two emails. Cause we need to see which one of these. So first we need yeah. to know which audience works. Then we need to know which lead magnet works. Um, and even before that, we just tested some blog content and just to see what we right. even click on to right. help us understand, okay, what are the lead magnets that we should create? And so we just took it baby step by baby step. And every point of the way, you were like, well, Michelle, shouldn't we think about this next thing? I'm like, nope, we're going to stick yet. with this one test. Yes. We're going to figure this test out. Otherwise, I mean, you could have built out entire emails and all sorts of yes. things for things that didn't work. Yes, absolutely. And, and again, it's like, you're just, we were, I think, you know, we were just getting too far ahead of ourselves. We needed to stay like, okay, the lead, this is the lead magnet. So then what email content do we need to follow up with that sort of ties into this lead magnet and why they signed up for this lead magnet, you know? And so everything kind of built on it. 
And which but, emails are they opening up? And, right. Then it was testing yeah. emails and evaluating what's the open rate here and which ones do they love and which ones are they not even, you know, and then A-B testing subject lines. I mean, just, yeah. and, and I would say also that this is the new, this is how brands are established and proven and built online. This is kind of our new world we live in. And it's very scary, I think, for brand owners and business owners who are not really, um, they don't realize how much testing takes place. I and mean, the time that goes into it. The time not, that goes into not it, Not yeah. that it has to take forever. I mean, we could roll out, um, we could roll out two lead magnets and have a pretty clear answer within a week. Like, it's not like it's a long Yeah, time. no, no. But just the, just the, um, yeah, just, just, you know, you don't want to skip that phase. And, and, you know, I think a lot of marketing agencies and experts make this mistake where they, they have from their years of experience or whatever, want to make a recommendation. But if you're, if you're working with a brand who just doesn't have that large audience built in yet or doesn't have proof points around that audience, then, you know, there is a, there is that testing that, that testing phase that has to take place. Yeah. So I, I do think um, as marketers, we're all getting a little bit more comfortable with this and understanding that it just, it, it's, it is really the way, the best practice. Yeah. For sure. And I know you and I have had this conversation about, you know, it kind of changes the way that you audit potential customers and, and um, the expectations that you set. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, definitely. Well, I know for, you know, <laughs> as a PR agency, I mean, like I said, I've been doing public relations for 20 years now. So my entire career, and it's quite different now that we're dealing with digital media and, um, sort of this digital world. And so it's changed PR. It's changed the results you can see with PR. And as a result, it's kind of like when I am having conversations with potential clients and we're kind of evaluating who we might, um, you know, partner with, we have to have a good understanding of what is their sales and strategy, uh, sales and marketing strategy. You know, who is their audience? Because unfortunately for us, we can go out there, we can secure that media coverage for you, but we can't do it in good conscience knowing that it's, it's may not, it may not help you convert. And, and, and if you, you know, so we have those conversations now and we in fact are rolling out additional services so that we can help build out a brand's online presence and consider their social content and their, you know, blog content and lead magnet, just their entire general sales and marketing funnel to sort of have that foundation in place before we go do media outreach. And the other reason that's really important for us um, to show results and success to our clients is journalists are going to vet you just like a prospect would vet you. So if I'm trying to pitch, you know, a journalist at Fortune Magazine or Entrepreneur Magazine or, you know, even small business trends, um, 
they're going to look you up and, you know, they've got a choice to, to speak to different industry experts and they, you know, they're in business too. They need to promote their media outlet. They need to promote their own, you know, journalists have Twitter feeds that, they, you know, so it's important that we're positioning clients in a good light online. And so we're addressing their online presence and, and you know, the marketing funnel before we're even doing media outreach anymore, or we'll do it in tandem, whatever. But we're at least asking those questions because, um, like I said, PR just doesn't work in a silo yeah. anymore. It's so true. They, everything really interconnects. And I mean, it was really fun to go on this journey with you because it, we got to really roll up our sleeves and dive in and then we could diverge and do our own areas of expertise and then come back together right. and say, okay, are they working together? Is this really driving us forward? You know, all that kind of stuff. It's just really fun to see how, when you get that foundation in place, when you have a place to send your traffic, either from paid ads or from PR or whatever, when you have a journey that they can go on, what can result from that? And it's really cool to yeah. see as it starts coming together. Oh, it was, yeah, it was very exciting for me. I know you're a little bit more um, used to seeing that progression, but for me, it was very cool to see, you know, a hundred email opt-ins, you know, and then 500, then 600 and, and up, you know, it was really cool. And over a short period of time, so it was, it's, it just, it, and it's, that's the cool thing too about the digital world we all live in is that we do have proof points now. We have Google analytics and traffic, we can and clicks and open rates and things like that, that we can sort of um, use to verify our strategies and things we're putting, our campaigns we're putting in place. And so, yeah, it was really cool to see that. And, um, the first kind of early um, bites that the client was getting and the sign up. So it was very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, just, just as you're thinking about this and as you're thinking about kind of moving forward, cause I know, again, I hear it all the time from people. If I could just get on, you know, insert big name network right. or blog or whatever that it would drive my business forward. And I have a personal um, interest in this because, you know, I thought that too, like I joined a mastermind and the whole, a few years back, and the whole point of it was to pay to get yourself up on stages so that you could okay. basically buy influence, right? Right. Which is a different kind of PR. Like it's PR to a captive audience, really. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I tried it and I did it and I spent a lot of money doing it and traveled around and I was like, I'm not getting any business. Because at that time, I didn't have my foundation laid either. Right. So this is something that can happen to so many people. Yeah. So I love, you know, just as, a, just as a key takeaway for people, as they're thinking about, am I ready to take that next step with PR? Or am I ready to really kind of get out there um, once I've done this testing? What do you think, you know, what are the things that you look for to know that people have done enough or proven what's important to their audience? Yes. Um, I don't think it's any one thing anymore. I mean, I definitely look for, um, I pay attention to this. I, I would tend to work with more B2B businesses than I do B2C. So I tend to look at what is their sales strategy they have in place. And if I'm a prospect and I go to their website, what materials and content are they offering me with my problem 
that and how they're telling me how they're going to solve it. And um, if they're marketing to a specific industry, I may kind of look for that type of content. So, I mean, again, it's kind of goes back to um, what you were saying about if you're marketing foundation when you were doing your speaking ops and you were traveling and doing if your website and all your messaging and the the content you offered didn't line up with exactly what you were talking about on those stages and exactly for that audience that was listening then nothing clicked and you know you didn't reach you didn't have that um momentum built so i look for you know, I look on their social media channels, who's engaging, you know, are they on LinkedIn, especially for B2B brands and, um, you know, are they engaging with thought leaders in the industry? Are they getting feedback? Um, they really need to have a presence, an engaged presence. Um, and I, I think, I guess the biggest takeaway is to, be able to put yourself in your prospect or customer's shoes. Like hands down, you should be spending so much time thinking about your customer's frame of mind, you know, their pain points, their language they're using around whatever products or services you're offering. And we're trained to do this in public relations because when we're pitching journalists, we kind of have to reverse engineer Who's their audience? What are they talking about? And how can I pitch a story that will mention my client that will be able to position his or her thought leadership or quotes in this article? So we're kind of trained to do that. And I think you should do the same thing. So I look for um, that type of content that business owners are putting out. If they're not, it tells me they're, they may have a fantastic product or service, but they're sort of the business owner and they're thinking about, this is how this is how our product is going to help you versus I guess thinking about the scenario that the customer is experiencing and the the competitive landscape what else, what other options are on the market for them and just really it needs to come from the customer's frame of mind um, and their vocabulary and and their pain points around. And so that way that will help you better message, you know, the product or service. But I do think that's the key takeaway is, is this, is this brand going to really think about and market their service in a way that resonates with their customer base? Because that disconnect nowadays can be the difference between a successful brand and a not so successful brand. Yeah, yeah, even if they have a fantastic product, if they don't have those other yeah. pieces, nobody will ever get to the product. That's right. That's right. And that's that's a big challenge too. Is um, you know, I think a lot of business owners they they you know, they they've been in their industry and they know. Oh my gosh, the products out there are not easy to use, or you know, whatever. They may truly have an understanding, but if you don't know how to market or message that in a way. Um, you know, it, they've got to be able to feel it before they buy it to believe. That's such a good way to put it. 
Yeah. And I think, I mean, it, it, it's the difference for me, you know, if I think about like a traditional business, it's the difference between somebody sitting on one side of the desk and me sitting on the other and they're telling me things yeah. versus somebody who would come up alongside me and walk with me as I figure this out. And I, right. I think that more and more, especially the more digital things go, I think people are looking for, are you going to connect to me as a person, as a business, as whatever? Or are you, or am I just a number and you're just going to, you know, push information at me and not really pay attention right. to what I need? Right. Um, and, and it really starts with who is your audience and what are they talking about? Like, it's really that simple, but it's not easy, uh, which is what I always say to people. This, yes. it doesn't have to be super complicated. It is simple, but doing it and doing it with the right attitude, like you said, with that right mindset of, okay, I can put myself into your shoes, Lauren. I can understand how yeah. tough this is. I can walk you through this because I've already taken this journey myself. When you can do that, your business is at a whole different level. Yeah. It's kind of like you're the difference in, um, you kind of have that servant mindset and that provide value, 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 give, give, give to your customers um, versus you need this product because X, Y, and Z, yeah. like, you know, it's, it's just a different way to connect with customers. Um, and it's kind of the new way it's, um, it's just more customer focused than product focused. So yeah, for sure. Well, I, I know that you put together a resource for people just based on the work that you and yes. I did together. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about it. Yeah, well, it's just a quick list. You know, I know we've talked a little bit today about the importance of researching your audience um, and your, you know, competitors. And so it's just a quick list of some of those tools and um, online groups and forums and resources that we tapped into. So I've just put it in a quick little one pager um, so people can kind of have that handy um, when they're researching, you know, for their own businesses or the clients' businesses or what have you. Okay. Yeah. And, and we'll link to that in today's show notes. So I'll give, yeah. um, that information at the end of today, but also if people want to find you online, where can they find you? Yes. We're at edityourbrand.com and that's our handle on all our social channels. And then my LinkedIn profile, if they want to come say hi, is Lauren Griffin Thorson on LinkedIn. And I'll link to those as well. So if you're yeah, on perfect. the go out and about, don't worry about it. Just go to the I podcast spell it app for you. To, yeah, to the show notes for today and it'll be there. Hey perfect. Lauren, I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much. I had, I have had so much fun working with you and it's been just a joy to roll up our sleeves and really dive in and create I don't know, these memories of, yeah, of it's been a fun journey. Yeah. I've had a blast. I've learned so much from you and, um, yeah, it was, it was great. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Oh, thanks for coming on today. So, yeah. um, so with that, we will wrap up for today and I so appreciate everybody tuning in. And if you have ever thought about doing PR or have ever thought about doing paid ads or you're having a hard time kind of getting the word out, I really want to encourage you to go grab Lauren's um, PDF download because 
it's going to help just guide you to places where you can ask some really thoughtful questions about who your audience is. And if you just take a little bit of time and just say, what's the question? What's the problem that people are struggling with? What are the questions that they're asking about it? And what do they really wish they had? If you just ask those three simple questions, it's going to help you get so much closer to your audience. So with that, Absolutely. I'm going to say thank you, Lauren, for being thank here you, today. Michelle. Thank you so much. All right. So once again, I just want to really wholeheartedly thank Lauren for coming on. It's not easy to come on and talk about these things, about our learning moments, and I appreciate anyone who's brave enough to do it because it helps all of us. I think when any of us entrepreneurs, when any of us business owners, when any of us who are out there trying to make something happen out of nothing, who are building a business from you know, our head and our heart and our passion, when we're willing to share where things go off the rails a bit and how we get them back on, I think it helps make all of us so much stronger. So thank you so much, Lauren, for putting that together. Now, Lauren put together a free PDF download. You don't even have to give her your email address. You just go to the link and you can download it right there. Um, all about how to um, you know, find, find your audience, all the things that her and I did, all the ways that we um, tapped into, well, not all the ways, but a good chunk of the ways that we tapped into the insights into the audience. And she put it all together into a little handy PDF for you that again, you don't even have to give her your email address. You can just go download it for free um, and just go to today's show notes, which is profitwithoutworry.com forward slash episode dash 117. And the link will be right there. Or you can just head on over to edityourbrand.com and you'll see a link right on Lauren's homepage. Again, so glad that you could join us for this interview today. And I really look forward to having you back for next week where we have another great show lined up. Talk to you then.